Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now here's Gary Smith. Good morning. Happy Saturday morning, everyone. Uh, it's great to uh, great to be with you this morning. Thanks for listening in to The Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK. Uh, we got a great show for you today, so uh, we'll get started here. Uh, first of all, thanks to Zach Hutchinson for being with me this morning. Uh, Zach is the producer for the show, and I look forward to seeing him uh, every Saturday morning. Also, congratulations are in order. Ja- Zach just graduated from college and uh, is in the process of, uh, of celebrating that. So Zach is a, is a really bright young man. He's got a great future in the broadcasting field. So congratulations on your graduation, Zach. Thank you. Uh, this is your show. Uh, give us a call, 860-432-9735. Uh, text at 860-856-7193. Email your questions to questions at optex.com. And if you missed any of our broadcasts, please uh, feel free to go to optex.com. You can find a link there to all of our previous broadcasts. And as we've been mentioning for the past few weeks, we're running a contest between now and the end of May. So if you call in or email us with your questions, uh, you'll, we'll throw your name in a hat and you'll be uh, uh, eligible to win some free gifts, some uh, books and CDs uh, that I'm going to make available to you. Uh, so please uh, make sure you call in or send us an email with your questions. And just to give you a, a quick sample of, of some of the stuff that you'll learn from, uh, I've written two books. Uh, one is called The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life. The other is Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. And I want to read a brief excerpt to you uh, from uh, the Achieving Unusual Greatness book. And this, uh, this expert is, uh, our excerpt is called uh, The Story of a Thousand Marbles. One of my favorite hobbies is amateur radio, and I've been involved in the radio hobby for most of my life. As much as I love talking to people from all over the globe, the best part of amateur radio for me has been the wonderful relationships I've built with other radio amateurs and all the neat things I've learned over the years. One important thing I learned is contained in the following story. It's a conversation that was heard on the shortwave frequencies, and it occurred between an older radio operator and someone who was new to the hobby. I'm passing it on to you because of its priceless value. So here's the story. The older I get, the more I enjoy Saturday mornings. Perhaps it's the quiet solitude that comes with being the first to rise, or maybe it's the unbounded joy of not having to be at work. Either way, the first few hours of a Saturday morning are the most enjoyable. A few weeks ago, I was shuffling toward the backyard patio with a steaming cup of tea in one hand and the morning paper in the other. What began as a typical Saturday morning turned into one of those lessons that life seems to hand you from time to time. Let me tell you about it. 
I turned on my ham radio in order to listen to a Saturday morning swap meet. As I was tuning the dial to get on the correct frequency, I came across an older-sounding chap with a golden voice. His voice was so rich that I wondered if he worked in the broadcasting business. He was telling whoever he was talking about a story about a thousand marbles. I was intrigued and stopped to listen to what he had to say. Well, Tom, it sure sounds like you're busy with your job. I'm sure they pay you well, but it's a shame that you have to be away from home and your family so much. It's hard to believe a young fellow should have to work 60 or 70 hours a week to make ends meet. Too bad you missed your daughter's dance recital. He continued, Let me tell you something, Tom, something that has helped me keep a good perspective on my own priorities. And that's when he began to explain his theory of a thousand marbles. You see, Tom, I sat down one day and did a little arithmetic. The average person lives about 75 years. I know some live more and some live less, but on average, folks live about 75 years. Now then, I multiplied 75 times 52 and came up with 3,900, which is the number of Saturdays that the average person has in their lifetime. Now stick with me, Tom. I'm getting to the important part. It took me until I was 55 years old to think about this in any detail. By that time, I had lived through over 2,800 Saturdays. I got to thinking that if I lived to be 75, I only had about a 1,000 of them left to enjoy. So I went to a toy store and bought every single marble they had. I ended up having to visit three toy stores to round up a 1,000 marbles. I took them home and put them inside a large, clear plastic container right here in my radio shack next to my equipment. Every Saturday since then, I've taken one marble out and thrown it away. I found that by watching the marbles diminish, I focused more on the really important things in life. There's nothing like watching your time here on this earth run out to help you get your priorities straight. Now let, you tell, let me tell you one last thing, Tom, before I sign off with you and take my lovely wife out for breakfast. This morning, I took the very last marble out of the container. I figure if I make it until next Saturday that I've been given a little extra time, and one thing we can all use is a little more time. You could have heard a pin drop on the radio when this fellow signed off. I guess he gave us all a lot to think about. I had planned to work on the antenna that morning. Instead, I went upstairs and woke up my wife with a kiss. Come on, honey, I'm taking you and the grandkids to breakfast. What brought this on, she asked with a smile. Oh, nothing special, I replied. It's just been a while since we spent a Saturday together with the grandkids. Hey, can we stop by a toy store while we're out? I need to buy some marbles. From this day forward, may all your Saturdays be special. The two books I've written are designed to help you live a richer, fuller life and to take your life and your business to the next level. You can get both of them on my website at optex.com, or you can call or email your questions in and be entered into the contest to win one of them absolutely free. So give us a call, 860-432-9735, text at 860-856-7193, or via email at questions at optex.com. Each week here on The Gary Smith Show, we focus in on one topic related to either personal or business development. This week's topic is one that's going to give us a twofer because it applies to both business and personal development. Our subject today is customer service. In just a few minutes, I'll be playing an interview I did with Martha Marty Cobb. Marty is a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines, and she really gets the concept of good customer service, so make sure you stick around for that. But let's talk about customer service, and let's start off talking about what customer service is 
and to whom it applies. And by the way, if you have a good, bad, or humorous customer service story you'd like to share with us, give me a call or send me an email. My definition of customer service is this. Customer service is the way, either good or bad, that we're treated whenever we enter a transaction with another human being. Let me say that again. Customer service is the way, either good or bad, that we are treated whenever we enter a transaction with another human being. If that's a good definition, and I think it's pretty close, then the concepts that can be learned in providing good customer service apply to everyone. When you think of customer service, what pops into your head? Uh, Maybe it's a friendly smile from the teller when you go to the bank. Uh, Sometimes it's a a short line when you're checking out at the store so that you can get your purchases, pay for them, and get out the door quickly and get on with the rest of your life. Sometimes it's just someone who cheerfully does what we need them to do. But what about when you have problems? Isn't good customer service finding someone who's friendly, sensitive, and caring when you have a problem, and someone who's been empowered to resolve problems without having to take it to the next level, without having to go and talk to their boss? But my question today is, is that all there is to customer service? I mean, have you ever gotten a dreaded email or a letter saying that somebody's computer system has been hacked and your personal information has been compromised? So isn't part of customer service protecting your information? Isn't it making sure, especially in today's online world, that both your money and your transactions are secure? Let me tell you a story about something I experienced just recently that I think will bring, bring my message home. My wife and I decided earlier this year that we needed to buy two garage doors and some door openers to replace the old ones that we have. And so I got prepared. I went out to the garage and I took the necessary measurements. And my original plan was to go online to the website from my local home improvement center and buy everything, including the installation, online. So I got online, I went to the website, and I was able to quickly find the doors and the openers that I wanted. So good customer service, right? But then when I tried to do the installation part, all the website did was give me a price for the installation, but it didn't give me any details. It left me hanging with questions like, well, what does the installation include? Are they going to remove the doors and openers, the old ones, or do I have to do that prior to when they show up? Will they take the old doors and openers away, or is disposal my responsibility? So the bottom line is I couldn't complete the transaction online. So to me, that was sort of bad customer service because it meant that I had to take the time to go to the store, and I didn't have time to go to the store, so I really wasn't happy about that. Anyway, when I finally did go to the store, when I got there, I was walking in the door, and there was a young fellow who was bringing an empty shopping cart up to the front of the building, And he saw me walk through the door, and he looked up and smiled at me and said, Hey, how are you doing today? And I said, I'm fine. How are you? And he said, I'm doing great. So good customer service. He recognized me as soon as I walked in the door. But then he took it to the next level, and he said, Is there anything special I can help you with today? And I said, Yeah, I'm looking for a couple of garage doors and a couple of door openers. Can you point me in the right direction? And I fully expected that he was going to say, yep, go down here to aisle 16, take a right, go all the way to the back of the store. You should be able to find somebody back there who will help you. But he didn't do that. He took it to the next level and he said, hey, that's great. Come with me. Let's walk together. I'll take you down to the millwork department and I'll introduce you to Ed. Ed is our expert on doors and door openers. I'm sure that he can help you. 
So on the way down to meet Ed, we were talking. He found out my name. And when we finally got to the millwork department, he went up to Ed and said, hey, Ed, I want you to meet Gary. Gary, this is Ed. Ed's our expert on doors and door openers. I'm sure that Ed can help you. And with that, he took off. So Ed shook hands with me and said, well, hey, let's sit down at my desk here for a couple of minutes and let's figure out what it is that you need. And I told Ed, I said, well, I've already been online. I've picked out the doors and the door openers I want, so hopefully that'll streamline the process. And he said, great, that makes my job easier. Tell me what you have in mind. And I first told him I on the doors I wanted – I'd been looking at, uh, at a, a brand called Wayne Dalton. I think it was their 9100 series. And he looked at me and he said, no, you don't want Wayne Dalton doors. And I said, well, gee, why? If they're no good, why, don't, why do you guys carry them? And he said, no. He said, it's not that they aren't good. He said, Wayne Dalton doors are really, really good doors. He said, unfortunately, last week we got uh, notified that Wayne Dalton is no longer going to be providing customer service for their doors here in Connecticut. And he said, your doors will come with a one-year warranty. So he said, uh, after August 1st, if you have a problem with your door, you're not going to be able to do anything except buy a new door. So he said, I'm not recommending that to my customers because I want to make sure that you get the value of the full warranty. So here's a guy who's into providing really, really good customer service for me. And he said, I've got some other doors that are comparable in quality to uh, to the Wayne Dalton doors. Let's go pick one out. And I picked one out that was a really good door that was on sale. So I was happy. Then he said, okay, what did you have in mind for uh, for a door opener? And I said, well, I've been looking at the three-quarter horsepower Chamberlain's. And he said, no, nah. he said, you don't want, uh, you don't need a three-quarter horsepower. He said, Chamberlain is a great door opener. But he said, uh, three-quarter horses for the big doors. He said, a half horse is more than enough. So he said, there's no reason for you to spend a 100 bucks more to go from a half horse to a three-quarter horse. And he said, on top of that, the half horsepower openers are on sale. I can save you 50 bucks. So he said, you're going to save 300 bucks if you're buying two door openers. So again, he's looking out for me and giving me good customer service. So we picked the stuff we were going to do, or I was going to buy. And we sat down at his desk, and he sat at the computer system and began to put things in. And that's where the nightmare started. Forty-five minutes later, we still hadn't completed the transaction because he kept getting kicked off the system and couldn't do the things that he needed to do. And so I asked him, I said, Ed, what's what's going on here? And he said, oh, he said, we, we have all sorts of problems with our computer system. And I said, well, gee, the terminal that you're working on looks like it's new. And he said, oh, he said, the computers here are brand new. So the problem is, is that the software is old. He said, the basic operating system, the basic software that we use for everything is probably 15 years old. And the company keeps adding stuff onto it, but they never upgrade uh, the stuff. And he said, you would not believe the amount of business that I have lost, the number of people who come into this department where typically you're going to spend thousands of dollars with us. And they get so frustrated that they get up and they walk out. And they say, you know what, if it's going to take you guys that long to figure this thing out, we'll go to your competitor across town. And he said, we brought this up to the management of the company, and they, they say that they can't afford to do anything about it, that they have to be involved in cost reduction. And so what's happening is the customer service is, is really suffering. So when we think about that story, we have to realize that customer service is not just about dealing with people. It's also about the systems that customers have to interface with. Now, I'm sure many of our listeners are, are people who shop online. So ask yourself, when you go out to a website to do shopping, how quickly can you find the stuff that you're looking for? Are you able to compare various products? Do they give you that flexibility? And once you do so, how easy is it for you to pay for things and, and get delivery? I often ask myself, you know, when I look at various websites and I see how difficult it is to do business with people online, 
I often ask myself, you know, how many website programmers have been trained in customer service and how many of the websites are reviewed by some sort of customer service professional for ease of use and for things like speed of completing transactions? If you have a business with either a business-to-business or a business-consumer website, ask yourself how easy it is for people to do business with you. Have you actually gone online to your own website and tried to find, tried to navigate, and tried to purchase stuff? And what has your experience been? How easily can any visitor find out who you are and what you offer? And how quickly and seamlessly can they make a a purchase or request information for you? Because if they can't do those things quickly and easily, don't expect your website to generate a lot of leads or revenue. Uh, A friend of mine in the marketing business in Southington has told me, when somebody clicks onto your website, you have 10 seconds to make an impression upon them to get them to stay and to help them navigate through whatever you've got on your website. And if you don't do that within the first 10 to 15 seconds, people are going to click off, they'll go away, they'll never come back, you've lost the business. So that to me is kind of the, in a nutshell, what customer service is all about. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to get into a discussion of what does good customer service look like, and we'll jump into some of our discussions with Marty Cobb. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. My organization asked me to find a speaker for one of our major events. I didn't know where to turn until a friend recommended that I contact Gary Smith. Gary was easy to work with and affordable. He designed and delivered an amazing program that met all of our needs. This is Gary Smith. If you're looking for a speaker who will entertain, educate, and inform your audience, call me at 203-599-1467 to discuss your specific requirements. I speak on a wide range of business, personal development, and spiritual topics, and I'll create a program that is guaranteed to please. Again, I'm Gary Smith, and I look forward to your call, 203-599-1467. Skies brighten up for the afternoon across the Connecticut Valley and a partly cloudy night ahead. Low to mid-70s this afternoon, near 50 tonight. Some sunshine for tomorrow, just an outside chance of a late day or evening shower, maybe a thunderstorm, low 70s. A brisk and a bit cooler Monday with some sunshine. Again, the risk of a passing afternoon or evening shower, upper 60s. Randy Berkson with a WSDK weather update. It's often difficult for us to admit we've made a mistake, and pride can dampen our desire to restore a relationship. On the next Sports Spectrum, we'll look at making our wrongs right with former Oakland Raider James Trapp and Tennessee women's basketball assistant coach Dean Lockwood. Making our wrongs right. We'll talk about it on the next Sports Spectrum. Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock right here on Life Changing Radio. Okay, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show. Great to have you along this morning, this beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, It's interesting, we have a number of people listening around the country, uh, coming in and listening to us uh, online. So, America, this is your show. Give us a call, 860-432-9735. Text at 860-856-7193 or email questions at optex.com. Don't forget to call in so that your name will be entered into the contest to receive a free CD or book at the end of the month. So let's continue our conversation about customer service and talk about what does good customer service look like. 
If I ask you to tell me what good customer service looks like, you probably could, right? If I gave you a blank piece of paper and a pencil, I bet you could come up with a list of things that are indicators of when you've received good customer service. But what about the customer service attitude? You can train people to do customer service, but there's something magical about those people who really do customer service from the heart. One of those people is Marty Cobb. I interviewed Marty on the phone last week, and she is our special guest today. Marty is a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines who recorded a special video, uh, kind of a comedy routine, as part of a pre-flight safety demonstration on a flight to Salt Lake City. First, I'm going to play the audio portion of Marty's, Marty's routine, and then we'll get into our actual interview with Marty. So here's Marty Cobb doing her special version of a pre-flight safety demonstration. Southwest, welcome aboard. 
Oh, so that's Marty Cobb and her comedy routine for the pre-flight safety demonstration. Uh, I've listened to Marty's recording probably at least 10 times, and it still makes me laugh. To have that kind of creativity is amazing. But more importantly, to have that the kind of customer service attitude that Marty possesses and that she lives out each and every day is just simply awesome. And normally when I do recorded interviews, I try to split them into segments so that I can insert comments in between the various ideas and concepts that are being discussed. But as I listened to the call I recorded with Marty, I decided that I didn't want to interrupt the flow. So we're going to play the entire interview uh, with Marty Cobb for you right now. Okay, so today we have the uh, the pleasure of talking to Martha Marty Cobb, who's a flight attendant with Southwest Airlines. I first came to know about Marty through uh, an actually a, a YouTube video that went viral uh, on one of the safety orientations that she did, and I'll, and I've got to tell you, it is one of the least boring safety orientations <laughs> I have ever uh, listened to. So, Marty, thank you very much for taking the time to be on the Gary Smith Show today. It's great to get a chance to talk to you. Well, thank you, Gary. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, for wanting to be, me to be on and, and making the effort, and uh, it's, it's my pleasure to be here. So uh, let's start out. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and your background and, and how you came to work for Southwest Airlines? Um, I grew up in West Texas, Lubbock, Texas, and uh, born and raised there, basically raised my kids there. Um, Southwest is a, oh, first of all, I graduated from Texas Tech and, um, pretty much lived in Lubbock until the last, uh, I guess about six years, uh, moved to Vegas for a little bit because I was based there with Southwest and then now I'm living in Dallas. But, uh, Southwest is one of those companies I always wanted to work for, always wanted to be a flight attendant and, um, timing was never right until my kids got a little bit older and, so I, you know, I do laugh and call it my midlife crisis job because I didn't start until I was like 42. So uh, it's just, a, I just knew it was a great company and I've only been there seven and a half years and, and it's, it's been such a blessing. Oh, that's great. Well, it sounds like you, you really enjoy your work there. So let's talk a little bit about the, the, the video. What is it that made you want to do it and how did you come up with all the ideas around it? Well, somebody apparently let me out of the house. I don't know what they were thinking, but I uh, the the thing is with my job, and I you know won't keep going on and on about it. But I really am blessed to work for such a great company because they encourage us to use our personalities. Obviously, with with uh, being a flight attendant, safety is our first foremost um, you know priority, and we are taught many many things on safety and. After that, as long as we get work, you know, get the job done, we're more. They encourage us to use our personalities, and not just flight attendants. The whole Southwest family's that way. So I have been putting my own little twist on the safety briefing for a couple of years. I mean, several years, and it just makes it more fun. Uh, I think for the for the passengers and for the the crew, and it sets the tone and it lightens the mood a little bit. It's stressful flying and. People don't pay attention, and so it just kind of helps. That's just kind of my take on it. Um, as far as videotaping it, I just have had several people in the last couple of months, you know, that just kept telling me, You've, we've got to get a videotape of this. You're so good. We you know, would love to have a copy of it. You know, you just have to videotape it. You should be a comedian. And all, just very, very nice compliments. And so I finally happened to be in a situation where I was on a flight. We had an extra flight attendant in uniform, and 
you know, it was a full plane. It was just kind of, it was really one of those things. We thought, well, let's just videotape this one. So we did it, and I am not smart enough to figure out how to get it off my phone, onto the computer, and out into cyberspace. And so it was kind of a process to figure out how to get it out there. And I finally put it on a flash drive, and then, you know, we thought, let's just put a YouTube video out there, and whoever wants to see it can go there and see it. And and then I put it on Facebook. And no kidding, it was maybe three weeks ago, and it just... I don't know why it went viral. I have no, there's no rhyme or reason as to why we've gotten such attention, but it's been, it's been pretty amazing. Well, I'll tell you, for me anyway, it was just a scream. The first time I watched it, it was just, it was just like, oh my goodness, this woman should be a professional comedian. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I called my kids when it first went out and I was like, y'all might want to go grab a therapist because you might need it. Your mother's gone out and done something on her own. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, just in, in talking with you a little bit, you seem like a really positive, upbeat person. Is, is that the way you've been your whole life or has it been since you've worked with Southwest? or can talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, I'd like to say I've been that way my whole life. You know, I am a Christian, and I've always kind of, you know, number one, we all have our stuff. I was always raised that if you all throw your stuff in the streets, you'll probably go get your own. We all have our trials and tribulations. And um, I also believe, and I've tried to live my life, that, you know, whatever you give, you get back tenfold. And so I, I was raised in a wonderful home, and have always just tried to kind of have that attitude no matter where I've been. And I think the the philosophy for me is really and truthfully, as corny as it sounds, when I give to other people and I'm able to make people laugh and feel comfortable on the plane or at work or with my friends, it does make me feel better. And it kind of makes you forget about anything that's going on in your own life. So I get to take care of people all day long and make them smile, make them laugh. And it just, it really brings me a lot of joy just uh, in my little uh, corner of the world. So I try to be that way in every aspect of my life. I'll tell you, I, I really appreciate that. And I don't know, in, in the conversation we've had so far, I don't know if you realize that the broadcast that you're on right now is on a Christian radio station. My show is a, is a Christian show. Oh, I love that. I did not realize that. I could tell kind of from your information that it was very motivational, and I can just tell by your same thing, by the things that you said that you – you too have a great outlook on life, and I, I appreciate that. And it's, I like I said, I keep using the word blessed, but I really have been blessed beyond words. And I don't, you know, sometimes we don't know what God's purpose is, but um, I just am trying to use whatever comes out of this for, for good of my family and of my job and of myself, and and um, and pay it forward. Uh, that's exactly that's why I have been I've uh, been doing the radio show. We just started the end of March, and so we're just getting started with the program. But I just sensed that there was a real need out there, especially when you look at the economy, the way it's been in this country, and some of the things that we've been facing as far as challenges. That there's just a there's just a real need for that kind of positive, uplifting voice uh, to encourage people to be more than they are, and to you know, and to and to hang on, uh, and to and to really move forward. So I. Appreciate where those those comments. Um, how how have you found you know like in your work life? How does it uh, how does the attitude that you have? How have you found that it impacts those people around you? I mean, your family, your friends, your colleagues at work, your you know the clients that you serve every day. I, I think it makes a huge difference. And even before the video, I mean, I have found just let's just take this job, this one job. Um, 
you know, when people come on the plane, just to give them a smile, just to just to engage in conversation and to think about other people other than yourself. And it takes so little, I think, for people to be happy. And just like you said before, I'm such a huge believer. There is so much negative out there. And I have a tendency now to hardly even watch the news. I don't want to bury my sand in my head to sand, but there is so much negative and it's almost unbelievable. And so I just, for some reason, you know, with my job, literally every day God allows me to see a family or somebody hurting or somebody in need that I, I can help. And um, it's a small, small fraction of the world. But I think if we all have that attitude of not thinking of ourselves all the time and thinking of other people and giving, it, it truly does bring joy. And, you know, we, like I said, I have had plenty of trials and tribulations and things where I thought I cannot there is no way out of this. And I've, you know, been in that dark place. And, you know, you just you just have to keep moving upward and forward and keep focused. I'm just trying to do that. And I think my, my I've got beautiful kids inside and out. I'm not going to take any credit for it, but I am just blessed with great kids. And I, I try to teach them those same principles and keep focused on God and, and be appreciative and, and count your blessings and God's grace is bigger than anything that we can imagine, and there's always a light ahead, you know. So I really do try to. I really do try to give 100 percent whatever I do. It doesn't always happen, but that's that's what I try to do. So. Well, it's really important because uh, I've had a philosophy uh, for a lot of years now that says treat every person that you meet as the most important person in the world. Uh, number uh, number one, the reason you do it is because it's the right thing to do. But number two. You know, as far as everybody else is concerned, they are the most important person in the exactly. world. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so if you can do that, you can, uh, you know, you can make a lot of progress in life. You know, what, well, yeah. go ahead. And you, you think, well, you think about like for me on the airplane. I mean, there's at least 100, anywhere from 100 to 175 people every leg. And you don't ever, I don't ever know what people are flying for. And I try to tell my other flight attendants, you know, we never know why people are traveling. It's not always going to Vegas to, you know, get married or going to the, you know, Bahamas. And um, there's, there is a lot of sadness and people are traveling for different reasons. And so I think it, beyond the jokes, that hopefully relaxes people. But just to engage a little bit, where are you going and where are you traveling? I have learned so much about people and been able to, hold their hand and comfort them and we you know we do all those things and we have that we have that ability so i it's just such a it's just i'm just so thankful that i have that that ability to be there for people Oh, it's a, it's, I'll tell you what, it's a, when you look at things from a Christian perspective, every plane that you get on is an opportunity for ministry, yes. isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly the way I feel. Oh, that's that's fabulous. Well, what suggestions? I mean, people struggle sometimes. I mean, I run into people who, you know, who it's like they're the perpetual sour face and it's like they couldn't be positive if their lives depended on it. What what kind of suggestions do you have for people who are really struggling to develop or maintain a positive attitude toward life? Well, I, I think, first of all, faith is huge. I think we all have to realize the the get back to the very basics of why we're here and that, you know, Jesus died on the cross for us and he died for our sins way before we even committed them. And he's already, not, you know, and is my belief. And so there is always hope there, you know, I, I've told my kids since they were little, you know, I've been a single mom for a long time and I've always told them 
there's nothing that me, you, and God cannot get through. I don't care how big you think it is or how overwhelming it is. There's always hope. There's always something better. And um, you just you have to surround yourself, I think, with good people. And I think you have to give to other people. And even if it's a small thing in the day, even if you can help somebody else or it could be, a, you know, one of my favorite sayings uh, when I was going through a pretty big trial was, you know, sometimes like eat an elephant one bite at a time. If you look at the big picture, it does seem overwhelming. But I think if we all just one step in front of the other, you know, forward and upward and find the joy in the little things and, like I said, give back and have faith and know that above all else, God wants you to be happy and he's got all those things for us and we just have to keep uh you know, keep focused and keep keep praying about it. And His grace is, uh, you know, like I said, blessed me beyond what I certainly deserve. And uh, I just think a lot of it's in your attitude and in your soul. It's got to be positive. Uh, that's that's fabulous, uh, Marty. I'll tell you what. I'm just so excited to have had the opportunity to talk Aww. to you. Uh, thank you. you know, thank you very very much for uh, you know for getting on the phone and for allowing me to record this. And I hope that uh, I hope that we can stay in touch and we'll follow up. Uh, we'll follow up down the road. I would love that. And thank you again for reaching out to me. I appreciate it. Good luck with your show. And I love what you're doing. And uh, we need more of that. So I am behind you 100%. Anything I can do, you let me know. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. So that was our conversation with uh, with Marty Cobb and, and really gets to the heart of the next uh, subject I want to talk about, and that is how do we go about providing good customer service? What are the key ingredients and, and what can we learn uh, from what from what Marty said? I think, first of all, uh, let's talk about faith, our faith in God. How does our faith manifest itself? Uh, it should be in service to others. It's it's focusing on other people and not ourselves. And sometimes I think what we need to do is ask ourselves, how would Jesus respond in this particular uh, situation? Uh, and that not only applies to the customer service person, but it also applies to the one receiving the service. Uh, many of you are probably familiar with the old movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It has Steve Martin in it. And Steve is going through just a ton of problems trying to get home for Christmas. And when he finally gets to, like, the last leg of his trip, uh, he goes in, he tries to rent a car, and he gets the keys and goes out into the parking lot, and the car is not there. And so he turns around and goes back in. And the customer service person is really trying to be nice, and Steve is just so upset that he is just jumping up and down, ranting and raving, just ripping a you know ripping uh, the the customer service person apart. And so it it applies. Customer service goes two ways. Uh, it's not only the person who's giving the service, but are we having a Christ like response to the people, especially when it's a difficult situation? And, and in my own personal experience, I found that um, when I've gotten stranded, when I've been traveling, I might get to an airport and a flight has been canceled, I have to look at it from the standpoint that when I go to the customer service desk, it's not that person's problem. They're, tr- they're there to try and help. And a lot of times by just saying, hey, you know, I'm, I know you guys have got to be having a really tough day and I really appreciate anything that I can do for you or that you can do for me. Just taking that kind of attitude just relieves the pressure. And, and a lot of times they will go so far above and beyond because they know that, that someone really appreciates what they're trying to do to, to solve the problem. So that's one of the things, you know, think about our faith, but also Marty was talking about how do we go about lightening the mood and reducing the stress for people in the interfaces that we have. Um, you know, people respond to the approach 
to the body language and to the tone of voice of others. So as we're interfacing, whether we're giving customer service or when we're receiving it, make sure that you're genuinely positive and caring in your interface with other people. Another thing I think that's important is learning to find joy in the little things. Uh, A number of years ago, I read a book uh, by Guy Rice Dowd. He was a a National Teacher of the Year, and he wrote a book called Joy in the Journey. And in there, he makes it very clear that joy is found in the process, not in the destination. So do we look and do we address life and do we look at our interface with other people as an opportunity to be able to spread some of that joy, to have some fun and to be able to, to lighten the mood? Another real simple thing that we can do is smile. Have you ever noticed how when you smile, your eyes light up? The eyes truly are the windows of the soul. So we need to ask ourselves is what what do people see when they look into your eyes? And, And finally, let's seek to minister to the needs of others. All of us face ongoing challenges in our lives. So what are you doing to help people be prepared to face those challenges? What are you doing to lift them up? What are you doing to treat them as if they are indeed the most important person in the world? So that was great, and I'm thankful to Marty for her input as far as good customer service. I want to jump to to another uh, short audio segment now uh, on providing excellent customer service. Uh, This particular clip is from professional speaker and trainer Mark Sanborn. See, I moved to Denver, Colorado back in 1987. In 1988, I bought a house in an area of town called Washington Park, bought an old 1928 bungalow. Now, I was single at the time, living alone. I did not get married until I was 37 years old. By the way, if you're older and never been married, do you not get really tired of people asking you that stupid question? How come you're 35, never been married? How come you're 36, never been married? Let me give you a a way to respond to those people to shut them up. When people would say to me, how come you're 35, never been married? I used to say, I'm just not ready to make that two to three year commitment. They, they never asked again. <laughs> However, when I got married, my wife, Darla, said, don't ever tell that joke again, and I don't. So, but I, I used to. And so I'm single. I'm living alone in, in my new old house there in Washington Park. I've been there about two days. There's a knock on the front door. I open the front door, and standing there is a relatively short fellow, about 5'1", 5'2", 105 pounds, pencil-thin mustache, Blue uniform, carrying a bag. He says, good morning, Mr. Sanborn. My name is Fred. I am your postman. I just stopped by to say welcome to the neighborhood and introduce myself and find out a little bit about you and what you do for a living. (laughs) Now, I've been receiving mail all of my adult life. I can't ever recall getting a personal introduction to my postal carrier, but I thought it was a nice touch. I said, Fred, thanks for stopping by. I said, I am a professional speaker. I do not have a real job. (laughs) Fred said, well, that's important for me to know. If you're a speaker, you probably travel a lot. I said, yeah, I'm on the road a couple hundred days a year. He said, great. If you'll just give me your calendar so that I know when you're in town. I'll hold your mail for you. I'll bundle it, and I'll only deliver it on the days that you're here to receive it. Now, I never had a choice of Alec Hart mail service before either. I said, Fred, that's probably not necessary. I've got a box nailed right here by the door on the side of the house. Why don't you just leave the mail in the box? I'll pick it up when I get back into town. Fred said, oh, Mr. Sanborn, let me point out in in this neighborhood, as in most, when your box is full of mail, the burglars know you're out of town and you might be robbed. He said, here's what I'd recommend instead. He said, I'll be glad to put mail in your box as long as the lid closes. That way, nobody will know that you're gone. 
Any mail that doesn't fit in your box, I'll put in between the screen door and the front door. Nobody can see it there. And if that area becomes too full of mail, I'll hold the rest of your mail for you until you come back into town. Now, Fred is more worried about my mail than I am. (laughs) But I figure he is the postal professional. I say, okay, Fred, let's try that. A couple weeks later, I'm coming back from a trip. Now, as I'm unlocking the front door, I notice my doormat is missing. My front porch is half the size of this riser. I look around on my front porch. I see my doormat's in the corner, but it's covering something. Here's what had happened. UPS had misdelivered a box of mine five doors down, left my box on somebody else's porch. Lucky for me, Fred the postman was on the job. (laughs) Fred saw my box on the wrong porch, picked up this heavy box, carried it down to my porch, put it in the corner, wrote a personal note of explanation on it, then tried to disguise it with a doormat so nobody would take it. (laughs) Not only is Fred delivering the mail, now he's picking up slack for UPS. First time I told this story in L.A., a guy comes up at the end of the speech. He said, now be honest. Were you talking about the United States Postal Service? Or does Denver have their own? I said, no, unbelievably, this is the USPS. That first Christmas, 1988, I leave a little gift in the box for Fred. I'm grateful for his tremendous service. Next day that mail gets delivered, I have an unusual letter in my mail. See, the letter has a stamp on it, but the stamp's not canceled. I see from the return address, the letter is from Fred Shea, my postal carrier. See, Fred lives in North Glen. I lived in Denver. Fred knows it is a felony to put unposted mail in a box. So even though he carried the letter from his house to my house, he still put a stamp on just to keep it legal. So after I cut the stamp off, I I read the letter. The letter says, Dear Mr. Samwin, thank you for remembering me at Christmas. I'm flattered that you talk about me in your speeches and seminars. I hope I can continue to provide exceptional service. Sincerely, Fred the Postman. Now let's fast forward the the clock. 1995, I met my wife, Darla. We got married. 1997, we were expecting our first child, so we moved down to the suburbs, Highlands Ranch. But for almost 10 years, Fred Shea delivered my mail, later her mail as well. And it wasn't until I wrote the book that I ever had a chance to ask Fred the question, why do you do it? See, he does not get paid more. There is no compensation, no incentive for above-average performance. He does not come to nice venues like this for meetings. As a matter of fact, for years, I was afraid that if the Postal Service found out what he was doing, they'd make him stop. And I asked Fred, at the end of the book, there are six things that motivate Fred. I said, Fred, why do you do what you do? He said, you know, I lay in bed at night and I only worry about one thing. I figure that's pretty good. And there's a lot of things I worry about when I lay in bed at night. Look at that little red dot and the smoke detector on the hotel ceiling. <laughs> Fred said, the only thing I worry about when I lay in bed at night is did I waste any of the day I just finished? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to summarize everything I know from 20 years being in this business, talking about these principles. Everything I have built my business, my career, my life on can be summarized in this simple idea I will share with you, I share in the book. And that is this, fear nothing but to waste the present moment. Oh, man, powerful, uh, powerful clip there from Mark Sanborn. Simple question for you. How many of you would love to have 
someone like Fred the Postman taking care of you. How many of you have people in your life who who do that? Um, that is that is so so important. Uh, Fred gives excellent excellent customer service, and you know there's a ton of people out there who do it. So let's talk about well when you run into those people. What is it that you do? How do we go about rewarding those people who provide excellent customer service? Because for me, in the, in the the work that I do, I see that human nature being what it is, we tend to criticize far more than we praise. So we all need to focus on praising more. Well, how do we go about doing that? Uh, when you're at the store, do you say thank you when someone goes out of their way to to help you? And let me let me give you an example. Uh, a few weeks ago. I was at the local grocery store. It was a, a late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening. And a lot of times what I do is I'm going to the store primarily to pick up the sale items that they have available. And because I wait until the last minute, a lot of times when I get there, some of the sale items aren't around. So I have to go to the customer service desk and get a rain check. Anyway, I was there and one of the sales uh, sale items that they have was ground beef. And I wanted it was a really good price uh, for a low fat ground beef. So I wanted to be able to pick up some ground beef and, and get it home so we could have hamburgers that night for supper. So I went around and there there wasn't any hamburger left in the meat case. So I went down to uh, to the meat department and I looked through the window and there was one person in the meat department, a little a little woman. She saw me. She came out and said, sir, is there anything I can do to help you? And I said, well, could you show me uh, where the ground beef is? As I looked in one location and there doesn't seem to be any of the ground beef that's on sale there. By chance, do you have any more? And she said, no, we actually don't. Um, but she said, you know, she said, you know what, I'm getting ready to go home, but I can make you some more. Uh, do you have some more shopping to do? And I said, yeah, I've got a bunch of other items I'm, I'm going to pick up. And she said, fine, uh, how many packages would you like? And I said, I've got, I want at least two good-sized packages. And she said, great, why don't you come back in 10 or 15 minutes, and I'll have it ready for you. And I said, great. So uh, she took off. I took off to do my shopping, and all of a sudden, like five minutes or ten minutes later, uh, here comes this little woman with two huge packages of ground beef, and she said, here you go. Uh, It's all set. She said, if you want more, I made a couple of extra packages just in case. And I said, gee, thank you so much. I stopped at the customer service desk on the way out, asked for the store manager, and said, do you realize how valuable that woman is to your operation? Because she went out of her way. She was ready to go home. And she, on her own time, went and took care of me. So that was so, so important. You know, so take the time to stop when you're in the store. If somebody does nice, something nice for you, say thank you, and then go to the store manager or one of the supervisors. Take someone a cup of coffee. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, we live on a dead-end street, and, uh, and in the wintertime, we have a problem with snow because when the, uh, when the plows come down the street, they pile snow right into the front yard. And a lot of times I wind up with, a, you know, there's six inches of snow in the driveway and there's four foot at the end of the driveway that I have to try and, and chew through with my snowblower. Well, we had a fellow who came down. He was he worked for one of the local nurseries and was hired by the town to plow our street. And he was meticulous about making sure that there wasn't a lot of snow at the end of my driveway. And he also tried as best he could with a big plow truck to make sure that I didn't have a lot of work to do to unbury my mailbox. And one Saturday morning, my wife and I were making friends toast for breakfast and uh, and we saw him come down the street and he was doing his thing so I took him some french toast uh, on a plate uh, and and a cup of coffee just as a way to say thank you I appreciate what you do uh, also when you're on the phone say thank you 
And if you can speak to someone's supervisor on the phone to tell them about the positive experience, take the opportunity to do that. Another thing you can do is when you go out to a restaurant, write somebody a note. If you get uh, really good positive feedback from somebody or uh, for a positive service from somebody, write them a note. Uh, Zig Ziglar tells a story about uh, how he was doing some training in Dallas. And one of the things that uh, Zig Ziglar's organization does is they print up these little cards that say, I like because so that you can write, you know, I like John because he gives me such excellent customer service. And after the seminar, there was a group, I think, of about six people, three couples, and they went out to a very exclusive restaurant in Dallas for dinner. And the fellow that they had who was their waiter was impeccable. He was well-dressed. He was professional. He took care of them, and he seemed to be able to anticipate everything. He wasn't in the way, but he was always there when he was needed. So when they finished their meal, they gave him a rather large tip for his fine service. But then each one of them wrote a little note to him saying, I like because. They uh, left the notes with their tip, and they got up and they left the restaurant. They were walking through the parking lot to get to their car, and all of a sudden they heard this waiter calling them from the uh, uh, from the restaurant door, he came out not with the money in his hand, but with the notes that he had that had, they had written to him. And he stood in the parking lot and wept as he told them, "I have been doing this for 25 years, and I have always str- uh, tried to provide the absolute best service that I can. And this is the first time in 25 years that someone has ever recognized me for what I do." So. Take the time to reward those people who provide excellent customer service to you. It's just so, so important. That's it for the Gary Smith Show today. Uh, I want to first of all thank Marty Cobb for being with us, and thanks again to Zach, my producer, for being here today. Next week, we're going to be talking with Roger Bush about uh, entrepreneurism and Christianity. Uh, Roger's a former U.S. Marine. He's a husband uh, and father. Uh, He's a third-year seminary student, and he's really into Internet marketing, social media strategy, and podcasting. And he believes that God wants Christian entrepreneurs to be successful. The only thing that stands in the way is lack of information, and he wants to be a source of that information. And then the following week, we're going to have Stephanie Callahan from Callahan Solutions. Stephanie works with purpose-driven entrepreneurs, visionaries, and all sorts of remarkable people who are experts in their fields to help them leverage their brilliance and get their message out with power, grace, and ease. So we'll look forward to seeing you next week at 11 o'clock here on The Gary Smith Show. Thanks for being with us today. Until next week, God bless you. Live your life with passion. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.